Welcome to the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you get financial independence, quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by investing in real estate so you never ever have to work a job again. And today, we are going to be looking at how we can go from buying a vacant piece of land, turning it into a $2 million storage facility, and how you can do it as well. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey, 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 what's going on? Super blessed as always to have you here with me on the show. And I absolutely need to say this. I, I believe I have the best listeners of any podcast where I just you know love you guys, number one. Number two, it's so great having you listen to the show. Now, I, on Instagram, got a DM. So I actually get have been getting a little more into social media because I just find I get to connect with more people. You guys know that about me. I love connecting with people. I love meeting people. That's why my podcast, I get to meet a lot of people. That's why I created the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference because I get to bring all of my friends together and have a big party and then invite all of you. So you need to come to RubeCon. Now on Instagram, and if you guys want to find me on Instagram, it's the Dustin Heiner, T-H-E, Dustin Heiner. Uh, no, I'm not that arrogant. It's the only handle I could come up with. Everything else was taken. And recently I got a DM from Juan. Juan was on my show a couple months ago where he just listened to the podcast and invested in real estate. And he says, he sent me a quick message. He sent me a screenshot of the money he's making from his properties. And he says, this doesn't feel real. My first rents came in. So excited. Obviously, lots of exclamation points. I'm so thankful for your podcast. He goes on your podcast and content. This does not feel real at all. Getting property number four soon. Now, this is not like a, a one-off case, like a random person being able to do this. No, so many people are able to do this when you know how to do it, when you have a community around you, when you have somebody showing you what to do. That's why I want you to continually come back to the show and listen to every single week because my goal is to help you to invest in real estate. Now, my bigger overarching goal is to help 1 million people to become financially independent by investing in real estate. But to help you, that is my goal. If you... Reach me out to me on Instagram, you know, the Dustin Heiner. Actually, I'm on Twitter too. I've been actually doing a little bit of tweeting, tweeting. I think that's what you call. But I've been doing some Twitter stuff too. And uh, Dustin Heiner, just look up Dustin Heiner on there. I actually got that one, which was super cool. Um, with that, I love when people connect with me and they tell me about their real estate investing, and give it gives me encouragement to keep putting out content like this because I see you getting success. Now, if you listen to my last episode that I just put out last week, where I talked about the four legacies that you need in your life, I talked about the service legacy. And I get so fulfilled when you, that's right, you, you listening to this, when you buy your first property or your 10th property, or you get financial independence and can scale to quit your job, when you actually get what you wanted to achieve, like your goal, that makes me fulfilled. That makes me feel like, my goodness, I can go on another 10 years doing this because I'm helping you, another living human being, to actually get what you want. So I really, really appreciate you. So yeah, reach out to me on Instagram, the Dustin Heiner, and Twitter, 
Dustin Heiner on there as well. But if you look at Master Passive Income, more than likely you're going to find me. But I am so blessed to have so many great friends. And today I'm bringing on a really good friend of mine. He's, I, we've hung out lots of times together. We go to conferences together. That's why I created my conference because I'm a big believer that if you get around the right people who believe in the things that you believe that are helpful, that have spent money to get there, they are fully bought into what they are doing and they're going to be around you. So I'm bringing on my friend who has taken a property. It was vacant land, literally a bunch of trees, wasn't graded, nothing, turned it into a $2 million business, a $2 million valued storage facility, literally from scratch. He also documented everything on his YouTube channel, which we'll get into in a little bit, but he's a phenomenal guy. He has helped so many people to invest in real estate. Really good friend of mine. He's actually going to be speaking at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. You need to be here. Like it's this year and it's annual conference. Every year it's going to change. This year it's in St. Louis, March 14th through the 16th and use the promo code MPI20. That will give you 20% off of your pass to be here with me as well as literally 40 plus of my amazing friends. Like they're super genuine, amazing people, but then they're also amazing real estate investors going to help you how to invest. We're not pitching anything literally just to be there for you and also hundreds of other real estate investors. You need to be with us. Now, let's jump into today's show where I interview my good friend who is a fantastic real estate investor, amazing podcaster as well, YouTube channel, all this stuff for retipster.com, his company where he helps people just like I do, how to invest in real estate. Let's bring on my good friend, Seth Williams, who's going to show us how we can actively take land to make it into a $2 million self-storage facility. All right, here we go. Seth, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Hey, Dustin. Great to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Now, this is great having you on again. So, you, man, I think you've been on three or four times now. So yeah. it's so so good, you know, catching up, number one, but yeah. also seeing how you're investing and how your students are investing. So if anybody wants to go and listen to the past episodes that you talk about your story and everything, I'll probably forget to put it in the description, but <laughs> you'll be able to find Seth's episode in there. Hopefully I'll remember to put it in the description, but um, definitely Seth is a good guy and helps so many people to invest in real estate and land investing. And recently, Seth, I want to talk about how you bought a piece of land and then said, this could be a very, like literally from land, from trees and dirt and all that stuff. So this could be a storage facility. Yeah. Like, wow, that's brilliant. And on your YouTube channel, definitely, you got to, everybody needs to check this out. On the um, Ari Tipster uh, YouTube channel, he literally documents it in like six different episodes. So detailed from beginning to end, infrastructure to building. But Seth, this is, this seems like a monumental task, especially one yeah. that you've never done before. Yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts about this? And like, now that you're done, well, your overall thoughts about doing this project? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. I'm actually been uh, working on putting together my presentation that I'll be doing at RubeCon, where I'm going I'm to be talking about this. And man, there were so many lessons I learned from it, and a lot of. I mean, it's, it was really kind of an adventure, and it's kind of fun to look back at everything I went through to make this happen, and what information I used to make the decision to build it in the first place, and then like how the market changed while I was building it, and what the world looked like when I was finished. And uh, one thing that I, I keep coming back to as I'm realizing the lessons learned is how kind of risky it is to build stuff, uh, especially something like this, where it just takes time. And not only does it take time and the market can change during that time, but also it's expensive. It's a lot of money to build something brand new from scratch, as opposed to just buying an existing version of that, that might be a little bit older. And uh, 
back when I chose to do this, it was because I was kind of looking for something new, something to kind of branch out into, something to create some permanent sources of income, whereas land typically isn't that. Usually it's more of a, a flipping scenario. But, uh, you know, for me, I thought self-storage was going to be the ticket. And I had spent a couple of years learning about it and found a piece of land that I could buy. And it was zoned residential. So my plan was to rezone it to commercial and then go through all the steps necessary to get the thing built. And there's there's a lot of steps, lots of different opportunities for things to kind of go sideways and, you know, surprises to enter the picture. But, uh, I, you know, also being like a, a blogger and YouTuber like you, I knew this is a great opportunity to document this and like learn a ton of stuff. Cause I didn't, I didn't see anything else out there on the internet in terms of somebody who had done precisely what I was hoping to do, like really showing every step of the way and highlighting things that, uh, you know, I learned in that process. So yeah, it was uh, quite an adventure. It took from the day that I bought the land to the day that we like opened for business. It was over two years. Um, finding all the different people to put the plans together and getting the zoning approvals done and uh, getting all the different uh, contractors involved. There's a lot to it. Have you ever built anything? I remember, yeah, I remember when you bought it and you tell me about it and you yeah. were literally just getting started and yeah. all the planning and everything. And I was like, man, this, and you were also telling me like the timeline. I was like, oh man, that's going to take a long time before you see any yeah. money coming in. But yeah. I mean, the big thing you're going to, my opinion, it just seems like the people that take the risk for it, you know, they have the most reward because it's a big risk. And if it plays yeah. out like you hope it's going to do, you're gonna have the most reward with that. Now, I love those. So definitely without going into all the details, but uh, of the entire process, because people, they definitely need to check out those videos. They're so, they're so well done. Like it's so Thanks. educational. And yeah. you literally see, like you documented the entire process, which was mm -hmm. so fantastic. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, so everybody, Seth is going to be speaking at RubeCon, the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference here uh, coming up. And it's our annual conference that we're having. Seth's going to be talking about everything he did, storage facilities, everything he learned. But at the same time, he's an amazing land investor. So you got to come to RubeCon um, to be a part of that. So check the link in the description. We'll actually give you a really good discount for coming to RubeCon. So Seth, in the storage facility, it's a totally different asset class yeah. and land. Obviously, you're utilizing the land, but it's a totally mm -hmm. different asset class. What was the big like aha takeaway moment or something like that, that maybe once you're all done, I mean, outside the time frame and the cost, is there anything else that maybe in your brain that said this was such a huge lesson learned? Yeah, man, there's so many of those things. Um, trying to think of which one is worth highlighting. Um, I mean, honestly, like, if I could rewind the clock, or I guess if I was making the decision today, whether or not I should build new or buy an existing one, I probably wouldn't build new at this point because <laughs> the, mar the market has slowed down quite a bit for self-storage. Uh, back when I made the decision to build, it was darn near impossible to find deals on self-storage. I mean, they were way overpriced. It was super inflated. It was a bubble that was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, I don't know if I'd say it popped, but it, things have definitely slowed down. Uh, starting in basically early 2023, as interest rates kind of went up, that affected how frequently people were moving around, which has a direct correlation to how often they need storage. So the demand for self-storage and also the value of storage facilities uh, has gone down a bit and people's motivation to sell has ticked up a bit. So I haven't actually tried to find a whole lot of existing deals in the past couple of months, but I'm pretty sure it'd be a lot easier now than it was back then. Um, but back when I chose to build it, 
it was because it was an obvious sign. Like you are not going to find anything that makes sense as an existing facility. You can build a brand new one and probably even screw it up and still make money on it. That's kind of how the picture looked back then. Um, so yeah, just kind of, again, that's one of the inherent risks of uh, building stuff is that things change. And when you're actually ready to start making money, are people still going to need it the same way they did back when you started to build it? Maybe not, maybe not as much. That's a great point, because when you're thinking about like the economy, where things are for real estate, as well as the overall economy, we've literally been booming for a very long time. In fact, with 2020, even though you had that shutdown of everything, there was a dip, which we know that because when you shut down the entire you know globe, you're going to have a dip. But if you just kind of like breeze right through that, it's literally been booming for the last what? six, seven years. In fact, the last mm-hmm. recession was back in 2010, 20, mm-hmm. 2008 to 2010 in that time frame. And normally we have recessions, we have corrections in the market, real estate and economy mm-hmm. every six to eight years, seven yeah. usually the average, but it's been since 2008 crash. It's literally been, what is that now? 15 years now? No, since no. Then. A long so, time ago. Yeah. All the printing of money. So we've only seen booming economies and, and you know, what's kind of fun. So you and I have been investing for a long time now, which is great, as mm-hmm. well as we have also been coaching this for so long that we're seeing people coming out now coaching this stuff that have been investing for like, you know, six months or a year. And they're like, hey, I'm a guru. Come follow me. Come yeah. listen to me. How I'm, I'm like, that's great. I mean, in a booming economy, everybody does great. But it's when you actually have a down economy that that's when you really see who's actually actually, you know, has has their, has their stuff. But what are your thoughts about the economy now, because that was really interesting. I love that you brought up the thought of, okay, now if I were to build this again, looking at mm-hmm. the way the economy is now, especially with your experience, mm-hmm. the storage facility maybe not doing that now. Not saying that's the wrong thing in general, but yeah. maybe doing it differently, whatever it might be. But what are your thoughts with the general economy and with your in, your students that you currently have that you coach um, as well? What are your thoughts about like, what are they seeing and how are they being successful in the real estate market right now? Yeah. Yeah, well... I think in any kind of deal like that, you want to build in some some margin for error. Like if things don't pan out the way that I think, like all you know, perfect in the end, like what if things are slower? What if I don't sell this for as much as I think I, I will? Like, is there any margin to protect me or am I just screwed if that happens? And uh, so like with the self-storage facility, for example, a normal time frame for a new facility that's totally empty. And I want to pause for a quick second and share that honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. Now my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, you know, check out Dustin and Master Passive Income. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate. Get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental. R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that and how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income, scale it to quit your job. I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously, it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. A normal time frame for that to fill up is usually like two to three years. Like that's about what it's going to take. Uh, I had a feasibility study done that said that was going to happen in about six to nine months, which is very, very fast. And that was one of the reasons why I was like, okay, 
Let's build a thing. Now, in reality, it's looking more like it's going to be that two to three year time frame. So it's like, it's kind of a bummer, but like we kind of knew that's normal. So it's not like we're, you know, you know, yeah, exactly. It's it's not like a disaster. Did you you get your money back from that feasibility study? (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) I should. (laughs) So, but, uh, um, so that's like the the storage front, but like, for example, on a land deal, um, I actually kind of, I kind of worry about some land flippers I see just because, I mean, kind of like what you've said, all they've ever known is a booming economy where things are selling super fast. When I got into it, I kind of had the curse in the other direction where for me, normal was property selling super slow. Land is not worth much. People don't want land. So you better be buying that thing at like 10% of market value or you're not going to be able to sell it. So in, in my mind, that was normal, but that is, has not been normal over the past three to five years. So, you know, I see people out there, you know, trying to do a land flip and paying 60, 70, 80% of market value, which can work as long as things are going great and continuing to go up. But if all of a sudden there's a giant correction and things go backwards, it's not going to be a great position to be stuck in. So in admittedly, like it's kind of a weird place to be when it's like the bottom might fall out, but it probably won't, but it might. I don't know. Um, <laughs> like it, it's it's hard to know how far out on a limb you should go. Um, so, but I, I mean, personally, like I, I try to never offer more than 50% of a property's value. And that's even that, if you well, had told me that in 2008, I'd be like, that's crazy. That's way too much. Well, same so. here. Like we're investors. We yeah. don't invest to lose money and we invest to make money. And when I buy a rental property, I don't overpay for properties. I don't pay for more than they're asking, let alone even asking price. And mm-hmm. I know there there are some people who are investing that they would pay over because they said, hey, it's, it's just going to appreciate in a year. It's going to go up 20%, 30%, whatever it might be, because that's all I've ever known. They yeah. haven't gone through the cycle where it's literally depreciating or it's going yeah. cutting in half. And so for as an investor, we need to have all these principles in place. I love teaching all my students just like you, principles on how to do this right in every economy. Mm-hmm. And I love my rental properties making me money if the market goes up, the market goes down, or if the market goes sideways, I still make money. And the big reason why is because I know how to do it right to where if there is a problem, I have a contingency mm-hmm. of, okay, if this happens, then I have this buffer or I had mm-hmm. this you know, taken care of. I'm not investing for appreciation. All those sort of things come into my, my mind because I have people asking me, well, Dustin, interest rates are high and prices are high. You know, how do we invest? I'm like, that's a good thought. But at the same time, like those are just, I guess, uh, things that we have to contend with or mm. pieces to a puzzle that we have to figure out. It's not a, yeah. it's not the end all be all. It's not like everything's going to go bad. If it does, then we make sure that we're have everything in contingency. So with that said, I, what I'm doing right now with my students is really helping them to see so many options that are out there. That's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things I found for my students that helps them the most. Because if I love, let's say, oh, I'll give you one example. My goal to qu- was to quit my job, be successfully unemployed. But that's not everybody's goal. Not everybody has the same risk tolerances, same mm-hmm. goals, same values, and same you know finances and all that sort of stuff. What is your what are you saying with your students right now in helping them to really grab these principles, make sure that they're doing it right, but at the same time understanding their vision and their values and their, their goals for where they want to go and what they want to do when they're investing. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. What you just said in terms of understanding, like what your own personal priorities are, it's, uh, I don't know. I kind of get a little annoyed sometimes when I 
I just hear somebody saying like, this is the one way it needs to be like, do this or you're dumb. You know, just like very black and white, but it's like, there's so just many lot- people say that stuff. I know. So dumb. They're I dumb for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but there's just, there's so many, there's so many different variables to consider in terms of like, you got to understand your final destination, your timeline to get there before we can really start planning out stops along the way and which path you want to take and all this stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of just basic fundamentals, like, I think one thing that uh, it took me a long time to understand that I try to help other people get is uh, sort of this this idea that um, you make your money in your business and then you preserve it in the market, not the other way around. And what I mean by that is I, you know, that. I, I, I see a lot of people who try to, you know, Say you've got like a, a job paying you sixty thousand bucks a year or something, and you immediately jump into buying long term buy and hold uh, rental properties. And I think that can work, but like if you don't have some huge advantage, like being able to buy those properties at a huge steep discount, or if you have some you know market knowledge or some ability to make those property properties worth a lot more after you buy them, if there's not something special you're bringing to the table, it's going to take you a long time to get to where you want to go. And so that's why, you know, running a land flipping business, it's a beautiful thing in that it's kind of a cash generating machine. It's very active though. Like it is not a passive business at all. Like it's a, it's, you know, at very least a, you know, pretty big part-time, if not full-time thing, but it pays really well. And for me, I mean, my, my goal was to start there, but not stay there. Like use that as a stepping stone to create those long-term passive sources of income. But if I jump right to that for my job, like I'd still be working my job today and I'd be a long ways off from getting to where I was trying to go. So. Yeah, no, I, I definitely see exactly your point. And with that, I love that you've jumped asset classes. Talk to me about how you did that. Now I'll give you an example with me. I love residential four units and below. It's so easy. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I, I fall asleep and do it. It's I've done it so many times myself and coached hundreds, you know, just like you mm-hmm. with all your students. So with that, that's like my bread and butter, but I gravitate to that so easily, but there's so many other great asset classes out there. You jumping into from land and building, that's a huge one, but then yeah. storage facilities, managing that, keeping that taken care of and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Talk to us about that shift. I mean, this is like advanced investing, really. Yeah. You know, people that just want to get started, maybe they just want to land, flip land. Maybe they just want their first rental property, whatever it might be. I personally go from residential. Now I'm in hotels and other types of, you know, multifamily asset, asset classes, mm-hmm. but I would love to get into residential assisted living. I'd love to do storage facilities, but I'm like, there's only so many hours in the day yeah, with, know. you know, RubeCon. There's so much time that goes into yeah, RubeCon. Sure. Oh my goodness. It's, sure. it's, there's a lot of time, but it's a labor of love. With that, I love investing with experts. Like, like mm-hmm. I've told you before, hey, Seth, next time you do your facility, if you have, the, you need an investor on this one, I'll be there with you. Yeah. But, but with that, like, what are your thoughts about switching asset classes and then getting around the experts that are going to be there that are going to help you? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's actually important to do it uh, at some point. I mean, it's just kind of a fundamental diversifying your investments kind of thing. Like if all you ever own is land in the land market tanks or something happens to that, um, you're going to be hurting. You know, you want to have your stuff spread out. You know, I mean, have some, have some gold and silver over there, have some stocks and bonds, have this and that. But for me, I think, uh, you know, self-storage, it's not completely independent of land. I mean, there's definitely some correlations to that, but it's a very different kind of business. And the things that affect demand for self-storage are very different than the things that affect demand for land, for example. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think it's just a smart business move long term to get into something else, a number two and number three uh asset class. And I think the hard thing for me is that self-storage, it's not that difficult of a business to figure out, but it's still very different from land. And it I had a lot of uh assumptions about how real estate works that were educated from my land career that were not true at all of self-storage. Like this idea of buying properties for 30% of market value. I mean, that's hard to do even with land right now, but to do that with self-storage is a joke. Like, don't even talk about that. Like, you got to understand uh, that the margins are thinner, but the income is permanent and it's uh, and it's also very well, scalable. I mean, with- But now you, you know, I agree with scaling too. With that though, you have to manage it continually. Like land investing- yeah, you you know, you buy and sell it, or you have it on a note where people pay you mm-hmm. over time, get a more passive income out of that, which is great too. Uh, but now you're getting to an asset class where you actually have to manage it. Now yeah. I'll lead into where I'm going. You actually start a neighbor, not neighbor, competitor, another storage facility mm-hmm. said, "Hey, I see you build this. Let's partner together." And I, Talk to me about that because yeah. that's. I, I find the more people that I connect with, that number one, I have to enjoy being around them. I have to like trust them and all that sort of yeah. stuff. But if they're a great fit and then connecting with them, then we have like maybe economies of scales or a synergy, but like it, it works out so much better. We don't make a hundred percent of the profit, but at the same time, we're not doing a hundred percent of the work. So mm-hmm. with that, talk to me about you now, instead of you had been just, you know, owner, or owner, uh, owner operator, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then now you have now changed it to where now you have somebody else helping you and the vision for doing that, because, you know, I'm thinking, well, you're giving up your equity, you're giving up your property, but at the same time, mm-hmm. you're not, but tell me mm-hmm. about that. How'd you, how'd that work out? Yeah. So it's a great question. When I got into this, my intent was to own and operate this thing hundred percent by myself. Like I didn't want any partners. I didn't want somebody else having their hands in the pot and that kind of thing. Um, and that was really what I intended to do, knowing that the property management, uh, it, it would take something like maybe five or 10 at the most hours a week. Um, But that was something I could do. But uh, it's probably like halfway through construction, this local competitor reached out. We got connected to a a mutual friend and um, he's like, hey, can I just like buy you out right now? Like just buy it today and I'll I'll finish building it. And then I'll, and I was like, like, wow, I mean, I appreciate it, but like, I kind of want to try this. I don't want to just like run before I've even finished. Like I want to, you know, experience this a little bit and see if I actually like it or not. It's like, okay, what if we, uh, what if we partnered with you? What if, what if we came in and, uh, you know, me and my partners will own 25%. I'll manage it along with my other two facilities in the area. I've already got the whole team in place, the whole system, the website, all that stuff. And then you can own 75% and just kind of. Let's make this year your best real estate investing year ever by coming to the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. And the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is where you can join hundreds of real estate investors and over 40 expert investor speakers and learn how to have an amazing success in your real estate investing business. The Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is not like any other conference out there. This is a no sales pitch conference where the entire three days event is all about you and helping you to meet expert investors, teaching you how to invest and join a huge community of hundreds of like-minded real estate investors. And because you are a part of the Master Passive Income Podcast, I'm giving you 20% off your RubeCon pass. That's right. Get 20% off of your RubeCon pass by using the promo code MPI20, MPI20. You need to be at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. Join us in the heart of downtown St. Louis, March 14th through the 16th for a transformative three-day event that's more than just a conference. It's a community of investors. Get your pass. Go to RubeCon.com, R-E-W-B-C-O-N.com 
rubecon.com and use the promo code MPI20 to get 20% off of your Rubicon pass. Collect cash each month. <laughs> and I was like, that actually sounds awesome. It sounds amazing. <laughs> and, and yeah. And, and honestly, like, I feel like this guy is a gift from God. Like he, he is somebody that I needed that I didn't know I needed when I got started. I mean, aside from just handling the management and all this stuff, he's got lots of great ideas. He's got ideas that I never would have had on my own. And like, as I look around and, th- and look at other opportunities, like I don't even really want to buy anything else unless he's going to be involved with it. And this was guys was a, a stranger, you know, a year ago. And it's just, uh, I don't know. And, and this is actually coming from somebody like I'm, kind of not a huge fan of partnering with people. I've done it a handful of times and it usually hasn't gone well. So I've kind of have a chip on my shoulder against it, but like this just worked so well. Like I don't even get, that's why I say it's gotta be a God thing. I, I don't know why else this would happen so easily. It just worked. Um, so I, I don't know if I'll always get that lucky in life, but it, uh, it worked out really well here. And it's, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess the lesson from it is just be willing to be flexible and change while the vehicle is still moving like you know you don't have to have it all figured out if, if something makes sense halfway through like be willing to entertain that so i i love the idea of being flexible being able to i actually i learned this term in college so i was going to college business school they said uh, if you want to be an entrepreneur you have to be you have to tolerate ambiguity which is mm. basically a fancy way of saying be flexible being able like you don't know exactly what's going to happen be able to move and shift and I found being a, a real estate investor, what it really comes down to is that we are problem solvers. Mm-hmm. There's a problem that comes in front of us. Let's say, oh man, this is too much work on my hands. You didn't get to this point, but just in general, let's say this manager property is too much work on my hands. I need to figure out how to where it's not mm-hmm. on my hands anymore. So that somebody yeah. else's, but I still own it. And I love the idea that you, you were open to the possibility of just talking to somebody. You have no clue what's going to happen. That's yeah. why whenever anybody suggests, hey, Dustin, you need to meet this person. Usually I say, great, let's do it. I'll give them one meeting. I'll give them one meeting. Just you never know what could mm-hmm. happen. And I might be able to help them. They might be able to help me, whatever it might be. It might yeah. be, this is an awesome person. I just like hanging out with that person. Yeah. I'll do it at least one time. Then if after that meeting, it doesn't, eh, it's not a right fit, then we can move on. Yeah. But being open and also being flexible, which is great. Now I am just like you, like it, I've had a couple partnerships in my lifetime and usually it comes out where I'm doing almost 100% of the work, but then mm-hmm. I get literally half the profits yeah. and I get 100% of the liability because oh, they, they're off both of us. Mm-hmm. So with that, I never wanted to partner. Now, honestly, I don't think I will ever do a partnership. Like let's say, Hey, Seth, you and I, let's start a company. Let's build this company. No, I wouldn't do that. But if I did have something where I had a business where I had employees, well, you're kind of partnering, you're paying them Mm -hmm. in a sense, but you could also fire them. But let's say in this case, a property that you had was making money, giving them ownership. So now they are going to be really adamant about making sure that it works out well. And they have the the opportunity to make sure that they're, that it's making money, taken care of on their end with that, you are actually going to be able to profit very well. So with that, I I really appreciate it. Any other lessons that you've learned throughout this entire process? You know, on that whole partnering thing. So one of the thing back when I started this, I was talking to a couple different people about chipping in like a hundred grand and just doing like a, like a unsecured note where I would pay them back with interest and that kind of thing. And, um, I had my attorney and my CPA review it. And both of them were like, this isn't really that good of a deal. Like if you need money, like I'll give you money. Like I, I got a hundred grand and give you right now. 
And, and something that kind of occurred to me and that they sort of told me is like, when you're borrowing money from these people, like it's not just about the money, like make them bring some kind of expertise to the table. Like, are you going to bring tenants? Are you going to manage it? Are you going to give me a discount on construction? Like partner with your general contractor, you know, because then you can actually like get some kind of actual benefit instead of just money, like get a discount on stuff. And so this guy I'm partnering with, um, he's bringing a ton of value to the table and it's not just money. It's he's managing the thing and he actually knows what he's doing because he's doing this for other places too. So that's, um, a, that's a terrific point. Cause that honestly, uh, that gets me thinking of, so I like my kids and I like watching the TV show shark tank. Yeah. And the reason why we like it is because you get plenty of ideas. You see how mm-hmm. businesses work and all that sort of stuff and valuations. But what mm-hmm. you also see is that they get the money but they're really not just going to Shark Tank for money. Money's going to be helpful in their business, but they're wanting the shark or whoever the businessman or woman is in there to actively do something for their business. So they're buying mm. in yeah. and they're also getting return yeah. where, and a lot of like, honestly, the sharks say, you know what? I have the money, but this is so much time that I'm going to have to put in it. I don't have the time to do this mm-hmm. or I don't see the value in my time being here. So I'm not going to do that. So I love that thought now. You have that. Now with that, is there, like, let's say RE tipster being, you know, you're coaching people in land with that. Is that something you would ever, is it just real estate? Because I'm thinking just real estate. That's the only thing I would ever really do, but who knows? Mm-hmm. I might be able to bring somebody on. Let's say they're a really strategic partner. Um, any other lessons that you've learned through that process that might be in overall business? Yeah. You know, there probably are. But I, I'm, they're not coming to mind right now. I feel like I'd have to kind of get in a roll and talk about like step by step by step everything that happened to kind of jog my memory. But um, yeah, I think those no, are I get it. I big ones. Yeah, same here. Like for master passive income, just it's just me and my wife. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's just us. Who knows? Maybe maybe RA Tipster gets a, uh, bigger than bigger pockets. You know that we all know that that's a big big company. Probably not. Those and, are. <laughs> yeah, a big company. But anyways, uh, that's something that's like uh, I just like being like I quit my job, so I didn't have to have a big organization. I didn't have to answer. To, I could literally have nothing on my schedule all day and be extremely excited about. Man, I don't have anything to do because that's yeah. why, I, why I quit my job. Yeah. So anything for you in your real estate investing that you're seeing right now that our listeners can take advantage of, meaning like, hey, uh, interest rates, this is a, a tip that you can use or how to invest in land, something like that. Yeah. Well, you know, I uh, I do think the demand for land is not going away anytime soon as, as is the demand for housing. I've actually heard uh, a number of people saying that uh, if interest rates go down as we get closer to the presidential election there's going to be a buying frenzy because there's still a lot of pent up demand for housing. And with that goes land. Um, so I wouldn't be afraid to buy stuff at this point. I don't, I don't think we're going to be crashing anytime soon. I mean, who knows if we do egg on my face, but um, I think uh, there's still plenty of good times ahead in terms of uh, opportunity to buy land at a, at a good price and make a good profit on it. I totally, totally agree with you, especially like you hit the nail on the head with the election coming up. Yeah. The incumbent, anytime, whoever it is, mm-hmm. they never want the economy to go south. And they're the ones that control the Fed, in a sense. Yeah. They're not spoke, mm-hmm. technically doesn't control. But anyways, yeah. we're not going to get into all that. <laughs> but we know that they don't want the economy to look bad because then they're going to say, oh, the economy's bad. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, uh, what's it? the re- reform candidate would come in and say, hey, this economy's bad. Let's go ahead and go with me because I'm going to help. They're not going to want that. So I really don't think anything bad is going to happen for another 
that's at least until after the election. Like, that, yeah. That's my opinion. Because mm-hmm. once election's over, then they're elected in office. Okay, let's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. I'm really interested to hear what uh, Marco Santarelli says uh, this year about the whole state of the market update. I found his presentation last year so enlightening, just talking about like he, he really just made it clear, like there's still a lot of pent up demand for housing with millennials that are still living with their parents and that kind of thing. And um, I'm interested to see what he's going to say about that uh, this year. And you know what's funny? So he came in in 2022, our first year at RubeCon. Marco's a good friend of mine. And so I, I called him up and said, hey, Marco, I want you to come and speak. And he did the keynote where he literally laid out, like, you need to be investing now. Don't think it's going to stop and all that sort of stuff. And then 2023, exact same thing happened. I'm like, Marco, you sure be saying this? Because it seems like the economy's a crash, but it didn't. <laughs> it's still going. Yeah. But here's to when you, and I'm, I'm super looking forward to his um, his talk because everybody literally said, man, Marco's talk was just so eye-opening. The numbers, like, he is very analytical and he knows yeah. all this stuff because he is all over the country investing. Mm-hmm. But here's the best, best thing for all of us. Everybody listening, um, all your students, all my students, everybody listening, you do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and then you wait. Mm-hmm. Over time, it just goes up in value. It just goes, I mean, just inflation alone, let alone the market value itself. And if you do it right, and you're around gurus that are telling you how to do it wrong, then you might do it wrong. But if you're around people who are, are actually investors that are telling you, hey, this is the way to do it. Like I started investing in 2006. 2008, the crash happened. I made more money because I was doing it the right way, which is in cash mm-hmm. flow. So if you have the right people showing you how to do it and you actually do it the right way, if the market goes up, down or sideways, we're still going to make money. So mm-hmm. man, Seth, so anything else that you know, you're seeing for the storage facility because you're going to be talking about that and talking about land all the way to storage facility at RubeCon. Mm-hmm. Um, give us a little bit more about like what insights that from, from the land and even just the building process, anything else that we're going to be able to take away and want to come to RubeCon to listen to you and your talk. Yeah. Well, I do think something that's been happening in the land flipping business over the past few years is it's getting more competitive. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, like people are paying higher and higher prices for for vacant land, higher than I've ever thought was going to be, be possible. But part of the reason why they're able to do that and still make money on it is because they are, they're not just doing nothing to the land. Like they buy it and maybe they'll subdivide it or maybe they'll improve it or maybe they'll change the zoning. If they'll build a storage facility, like I did something to make it worth a lot more than what they paid for it. It almost kind of turns into like a, a house flip situation, but on a larger scale, just with land and kind of a lot more paper, that kind of thing. But um, it's, a, it's, it's a skill that's very helpful to know, um, even if you don't use it all the time, just understanding like there is an option here to take this vacant lot and make it worth a lot more if I'm willing to take a few extra steps. And it actually gets into like a different business model altogether from land flipping because you're not just doing nothing anymore and you are willing to pay more than you otherwise would. But still, it's useful to know that. And the self-storage facility, that's just one of many different plays you can you can do to make that happen. So I yeah. think also not not just that you have. Um, you know, they're improving the land. I just think in a booming economy, everything is going to go up, especially when there's such cheap money mm-hmm. back, you know, before interest rates got to six and 7%. That's mm-hmm. cheap money, which yeah. makes everything go up. So if people have more money in their pockets, they're like, ah, I don't want to, but I'll go ahead and pay more. Like the loaf of mm-hmm. bread, you know, it's normally what, $1. fifty. Well, it's $2 now. Well, mm-hmm. I don't really have to, but I have a little bit more money. Let me go ahead and pay for that. And so just as we have the economy, inflation going up, interest rates going up. It just seems like 
where everybody's so bred into thinking it's always going to be rosy, which I'm not Mm -hmm. saying everything's going to be crashing tomorrow or even next year or two. I thought it was going to crash back in 2008. (laughs) It was going to crash a long time ago, Mm -hmm. but it hasn't. And so what we look at is we just need to make sure we're doing it right from the very first time. When you buy that property, my suggestion is you're making passive income every single month if it's a single family home, residential. So you're making money every single month. If you're going to land, you want to buy it for less than it's worth because mm-hmm. you don't want to get stuck holding it at, at the highest dollar amount. And you're like, yeah. oh man, I wish I would have sold it or not bought that property. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So cool, man. Seth, I want people to check out RE Tipster. You have a fantastic site. I mean, so much information. Like you think about like my, my site has a lot of information. Yours has so much more, but how can people reach out to you if they want to work with you, learn about uh, land investing and connect with you? You have RE Tipster podcast. Everybody should check that out. But how sure. else can people work out and connect with you? Yeah. Um, so I'm on Facebook, probably most of anything that and YouTube. So you can just search for RE Tipster really on any social media platform, but Facebook and YouTube are kind of the ones where I spend most of my time and uh, or you can just go to the retipster.com, scroll to the bottom, and there's a little contact button, and you can click on that and send me an email that way too. So, yeah, happy to talk to you. Awesome, man. Hey, Seth, good hanging out with you again, buddy. And no, I'm likewise. looking forward to RubeCon this year. Me too. And that is it for today. Go ahead and get my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. R E N T A L to 33777. You can also join my Real Estate Wealth Builders group coaching. Get all my courses. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next show. See ya.